Welcome. We are talking with uh, two people from Kentucky Health Justice Network, another great organization that we would be featuring at the Pride Festival uh, if we were coming together in person in September. But since we're not, we want to share some organizations with you all, uh, sort of our virtual vendor series. So today we're talking with Kentucky Health Justice Network, and we have Aaron Smith, who is the executive director uh, and has been in that role for about uh, three months, uh, yep. <laughs> all, all pandemic related. And with Oliver Hall, who is the uh, trans health director for their uh, trans health advocacy program, which is part of KHJN, Kentucky Health Justice Network. So thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Uh, so, Aaron, can you uh, tell me a little bit about what KHJN does and uh, how long it's been around? So, uh, KHJN is a reproductive justice and health advocacy program uh, based out of the city of Louisville. Uh, we have numerous areas, one being with Oliver and Trans Health Justice. We have All Access Eastern Kentucky, which is uh, helping individuals find uh, abortion access and reproductive needs out in rural Eastern Kentucky. We also have a um, global safety zone project, which we've been working on tirelessly. And we have an abortion access uh, development program, which is designed to help individuals like seeking abortion with, uh, across the state, not just within Louisville, and helping them get resources uh, for care, for abortion services, for aftercare, and making sure that they're able to arrive safely, have a place to stay, can pay for parking and gas, and different things like that. So that's what we do here. Um, and I'm gonna let Oliver talk about all the trans health advocacy things because that's a program that I wish, you know, we're trying to promote more, um, especially given the times that we're in and people feeling just left out and left out and left out and, and neglected. And we work hard to fill those gaps. Yeah. Tell us about it, Oliver. For sure. Yeah. I mean, so the main goal of our program is to remove the barriers to care that are stopping Kentuckians, specifically trans Kentuckians, from being able to live full authentic lives. Uh, we do that in a couple different ways. Um, we do in-person advocacy and emotional support for folks actually seeking health care. So we'll go to their appointments with them and help communicate their needs. Uh, we connect people to other local and national resources. We help folks find gender affirming providers in the state. Uh, and we offer financial support for folks seeking gender affirming care, folks needing gender affirming items like binders, gas, um, we offer surgical support as of now and emergency housing and education. <laughs> Sounds like an ever-growing array of uh, services there. So um, how, did, how did it come to be that the Health Justice Network has a trans health advocacy portion? Was that, has that always been part of it or is that something that's emerged over the years? Yeah, um, so in 2014, uh, before I was involved in KHJN, uh, we did a study with T-Star Lab, um, which is a local trans research group, to highlight the needs of trans Kentuckians, specifically in, in seeking health care. And out of that, when I came to KHJN in 2016, I had seen that study. I was like, okay, we, we have the research. We know what Kentuckians need what they need is someone with them to prevent direct discrimination from providers and financial support. Those are the main things they need. 
and they also need their providers to be educated. And so we kind of built the program around that. And uh, as we've served more and more folks, seeing what those evolving needs are and trying to adapt to those. So the trans health portion, the trans health advocacy program, I have to look at my notes here because I wrote it down. Uh, that's, uh, that's much, that's larger than just reproductive uh, health. Not I say just like, that's like, you know, that's such a small thing, uh, but it's a, it's a more um, holistic approach to trans health or. Yeah, for sure. Um, so our whole organization is working within the, the reproductive justice framework, uh, which includes a lot, a lot more than reproductive health. So, our, so I would say, you know, trans health as a whole is a part of reproductive justice, no matter what kind of care that you're seeking, um, because it is at the core about being able to make decisions about your own body, your own life, including when to parent and how to parent and the, abil the ability to raise your kid in a safe, healthy environment, which, which includes if your kid is trans, you know, having access to health care and things like that. So, uh, Aaron, and this is probably going to be an easy one, but this is one I always ask when we talk to our vendors is, you know, why would KHJN normally be part of the Pride Festival? What is it, you know, that makes this an LGBTQ issue? Um, for so many reasons. Uh, reproductive justice is politicized all the way around, including, and trans health is politicized. So you're, if you're looking at those two things, you know, those two areas are no different, you know, from one another, right? And it's mostly just because how we're able to seek health and wellness is brought up before Congress, is brought up before the state, almost every legislative session. And it, and people vote on other people's bodies who don't even live in these bodies and live in the lives that we live. So. Shane is very much a part of Global Pride Foundation for the simple fact that, you know, we're fighting for our rights to, you know, be able to live, live healthy and have the education and resources accessible to everyone. Um, we feel a part of the Pride community with, you know, everything that we do just because we understand and we know the issues that, um, that we face on a daily basis, just trying to live our lives and not, you know, and people telling us that, you know, we can't for whatever reason they want to throw at us this week or this day. Um, so that's where I feel okay. and definitely fits into pride and the pride family um, as a black queer um, part, like woman, as a black queer person, like, my body is constantly politicized. My race is politicized. Just, you know, being able to have all of my intersecting identities recognized is a very politicized thing and existing is a political act. And I say the same thing for every person who's queer, LGBT, uh, you know, our existence is a movement within itself, right? Because we're demanding to be seen, we're demanding to be heard, and we have rights and the right to be healthy and seek wellness and have that knowledge is, is something that we're constantly fighting for. I forgot to mention when I introduced you, Aaron, that uh, you are the vice chair of the board of directors of the Louisville Pride Foundation. So <laughs> yes. there's, there's also there, there's a, a very deep connection between the two organizations. Um, so 
Oliver, um, tell me a little bit about, you, you know, you mentioned a lot of the services you all do. Um, are you doing anything specifically related to COVID or, or is, has that impacted what you all are doing? Yeah, I mean, it is obviously much harder for us to get advocates for folks at their appointments and people are having their appointments canceled. Um, folks are then having trouble accessing, you know, HRT because they haven't been able to go in and get their blood work. Uh, so definitely yes, and in many ways. Um, and one of the ways that we are trying to like kind of bring folks back and recenter is uh, this trans wellness series that we're going to do um, online through our Facebook page uh, to kind of like talk about the issues that um, we're facing during COVID uh, and maybe give people some information and some hope going forward. So for, you know, as a gay man growing up, uh, reproductive health was not really something that was on my radar at all. Um, you know, what are some of the challenges for LGBT people, for trans people in this realm? And, you know, I, I know this uh, federal administration has, has made some changes, has changed some regulations and things like that. Like what's, you know, in, this is a huge question, but, you know, what's the landscape right now? Like, what are the challenges people face? And, um, you know, what, what, can, what can be done to, to change that? Uh, uh, either, whoever wants to take that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in Louisville, uh, we have, you know, a pretty active scene in terms of just like, not just protests currently, but just demonstrating. So one of the things that we've encountered and had and have always had to you know fight against and persevere through is the anti-abortion protesters at our local clinic uh, the amw clinic so uh, that's why we're pushing for a safety zone and a safety zone would basically provide uh, a buffer area to prevent anti-protesters from harassing uh, individuals who are going into the clinic and um, the environment has shifted drastically, you know, with current leadership empowering groups to be more, to me, more bold and just have that boldness and that, that privilege and just make helping people or making people feel like they have the right to um, push the envelope a little further in anti-demonstrations. So it has become a very uh, con a very large concern considering the safety of individuals and the safety of people who work at the clinic and safety of people who are, you know, just going into the clinic, right? So we've been really working towards uh, achieving our, our safety zone here in Louisville and we've had challenges. We've, you know, had people not wanting to talk to us, not willing to support it because they're only seeing, you know, one thing or one seeing it through a very narrow scope and they're not seeing the bigger picture that this is a huge safety issue there's been other states that have passed safety zones um, around abortion clinics and it's gone very well and there's a space that's respected and then you know it gives the clinic an ability to you know call authorities for like trespassing or handle that in a legal way in which they did not have the authority to before so I think that's one of the, the biggest things that we you know face and that we're at currently trying to uh, get through hopefully by the end of August through um, Louisville Metro Council. 
so this uh, would I would imagine that this work is very emotionally challenging, uh, very difficult subject matter to be dealing with, difficult situations um, on a day to day, you know, everyday basis. You know, what is it that draws you all to be involved in this work, and then how do you how do you stay motivated and positive? I mean, uh, for me, I came into this work seeing um, that these things that we provide um, informally, we were providing to each other already. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that folks who did not have access to the same kind of close trans community that I did, um, folks out in rural areas or folks who are recently out um, could still have access to, you know, community like financial aid, as well as, you know, just someone to talk to and ask questions about, about their transition and help figure out what their first steps are. Uh, so continuing to acknowledge the, the power um, that our community has had to, to do this work over time and expand it um, is, is what keeps me going. For me, you? Uh, you haven't been there long enough to burn out yet. <laughs> So it's been very interesting because I started, you know, this position May 4th in the peak of COVID. So to come on as an executive director during COVID, uh, it was very different. I'll probably never forget this experience, <laughs> uh, mostly because it takes away the personal parts of the job for me. Um, and having to adjust to that very quickly and dive right into the work that we do here. But um, my partner, uh, Arielle Brooks, first introduced me to KHAN years ago when we first, you know, got together and started dating um, because she uh, used to be on the board. So she was telling me about KHAN and the work that they did, uh, that they do and was trying to build and how, you know, the direction that they were wanting to go in. And so uh, just began supporting them with her. And then when she rotated off the board, um, I was going through some career transitions. I ended up with the city uh, working for the Human Relations Commission. And while I was there, while I enjoyed the work that I did, I just wanted to do so much more, especially seeing the stories of Black women dying, uh, either you know after having a child or during childbirth or even losing a child uh, because they weren't receiving proper care. And that really hits home because I think about, you know, me being here and some of the challenges that my mother faced and um, the issues that my grandmothers have faced and faced in just getting the medical attention and then having what they're saying being taken seriously and then having, um, and then hoping that you have a doctor that would listen to you or hoping that you would have a doctor who believed what you were saying and cared enough to give you that proper care. So with these stories coming out in 2019, 2020, and actually just a few weeks ago, there was another woman to pass away after she gave birth, another black woman to pass away. And it drew me to want to do more with reproductive justice. Um, because there's no reason why, you know, in this day and age, with all the medical technology, with all the tests and scans and so forth, should not be dying, right? Our infant mortality rate as a nation, as our country, is extremely low. And there's no reason for that. 
right? So that really is what pulled me back into reproductive justice and gave me, you know, what I needed for myself to go forward and apply for this position. And once I got it, I knew um, where I wanted to see KHA grow. I wanted to see trans health wellness grow, especially in the time when we're seeing black and brown trans brothers and sisters getting murdered. Um, on a on on so frequently like way too frequently right and these are things that i i care about uh, that i see KHAN playing a large role in not just with louisville and not just with kentucky but to actually have that type of impact that reaches across to other states nationwide and real briefly you you mentioned this um but i just kind of want to uh bring it up again the number of black women that die during and after childbirth is is staggering. I mean, it's it's like a a hidden epidemic in this country. And I don't know if you have statistics at the at your fingertips, but do you want to talk about that? Just kind of how that's not covered, or or is it uh, you know an it's not an invisible yeah. problem, I guess, but it's no, most definitely. I mean, even to the point where I've had you know um, friends go through, you know, they've had their children, but then it was just like, oh, this is you know, my sutures are taking too long to heal, and I can't get back into my doctor's for like weeks at a time, or I still have gestational diabetes that's not going the way that it should, um, and just hearing stories in which you know, when you're not someone who's growing a family at this point in time, it doesn't sound the way as it does when you're looking, you know, when you start looking towards the future, it's like, wow, I have to go through the same healthcare system that my friends have gone through and had issues and that my mother has gone through and had issues. And then the older I get and um, seeking help for myself, paying, you know, seeing things and hearing things within the doctor's office is, <laughs> is disheartening. You know, I've, I've been told that, oh, because uh, I'm in a same-sex relationship. I don't need uh, STD, STI screenings from a doctor, right? And that is the most absurd thing that I think any medical professional could just say to any person. Um, so, so hearing these things and experiencing this personally, uh, along with seeing the this growing number of women just dying, uh, black and brown women too, because the lat uh, Latino community has been affected by this as well, is, is shameful. Um, America is not great for our health systems. Uh, there's no reason why we are paying an inflated rate for basic medications and prescriptions, sometimes vitamins like, <laughs> and different things like that. So um, it's just something that I, see KHAN playing a role, and especially coming up in 2021, where we can start having um, or designing some more programming, whether it be virtual or smaller groups about, about these things, and, and still stressing that, and also stressing that abortion is a part of reproductive care, right? Because um, we grow, like, the way things are shown to us in the media is shown as two different things, right? But it's still a part of reproductive health, right? And reproductive justice. And, and once you realize that and understand that, then things will be a lot more fluid in the way that we advocate for health and health services. 
Well, before we leave, is there anything else uh, either of y'all want to add? Anything you want to make sure people know, or or what are the you know what are the questions people would ask if they were coming up to your booth at Pride? Uh, <laughs> or did, or did we cover question, everything? <laughs> they cover everything, but mostly you know. Oh, is this you know EC or birth control? Is this free? Yes, uh, <laughs> we do have access to. Uh, emergency contraception and other forms of birth control at our disposal. We actually started a program um, that is delivering or shipping out emergency contraception, especially out in Eastern Kentucky. It started um, with a conversation with Kelsey, who runs our all access EKY. And the need was that, hey, these clinics are shut down, the university clinics are shut down, there's students stranded on campus, and they can't, they don't have access to EC. Um, and then how that moved from there is just like, well, I know if they can't get it, people anywhere can't get it in the state. So we started a program where we're now able to ship out EC uh, from KHAN. And there's a application in which you can fill out and just say, hey, I need it. Don't care what your reasons are. It's not important to us. We just want to make sure that you have accessibility to it. So that's one of the things that you know I would like to say and want people to know about. And also too, like, I'll run my pass it to you, Bar Trans Health Justice, uh, is really important to KHAN, is not in very much a part of KHAN. And we also want people to just know that, yes, you can contact us for uh, trans health issues, trans advocacy issues, questions on uh, transitioning, help with HRT, help with other medications, help with, you know, getting a binder and other gender affirming, affirming things. Um, and I don't want to steal your shine, Oliver, but I'm also very passionate about trans health. So. No, that's valid and I love it. I, my only note was to uh, remind folks that um, our surgical grant cycle ends on August 13th. So if you are seeking gender affirming care and you need um, financial assistance for that, like please apply ASAP because um, this will be our first grant cycle. So. I'm super excited about it. <laughs> when when will the next grant cycle happen? Um, beginning of September. Okay. And for people who want to know anything about what you all do, um, how do they find you on Facebook and on the internet? So you can find us at uh, Kentucky Health Justice Network on Facebook. You can also find us the same way through Instagram. Um, Oliver will tell you uh, we got a new IG page for trans health, so I'm excited about that yeah, too. Yeah, we, we have some specific pages to uplift some of the trans health work and trans health news, and those are all pretty much KY trans health or KY trans health justice. Awesome. Well, thank you all both for all the work that you do, everything you do in the community, and for joining me today uh, to talk about Kentucky Health Justice Network and the Trans Health Advocacy Project uh, that's part of that. So thank you all uh, very much. And uh, we'll be back with more. Thank you for having us. Yep.